0: Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Dangerous Thoughts on Unsafe Space. I'm Carter. Uh, this is a show that I do every Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday evening Pacific time. On this show, we try to revive the Enlightenment ideas that were responsible for the rise of of Western civilization. Kind of pierce through that uh, pretentious veil of modern academic... <clears throat> I don't know. Bullshit. <laughs> the modern academic enemies of the West would we try and... Uh, see through all of their shenanigans, expose their toxic dreck for what it is, and focus on living life as rational, sovereign individuals here in reality. That's what we do. Uh, welcome to the peeps in chat. Small number of you, but dedicated. Same people every week. So, howdy. Um, Man, we got a... Today's... It's going to be a long show, I think, Uh Partly because we have uh, just a lot of stuff to talk about, plus I've got an interview uh, <clears throat> that I recorded yesterday, but I'm going to play during this show for you guys with the organizers of the Convoy to Save America. So on our doc, we've got, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to look at an incident in Las Vegas uh, and talk about what it reveals about uh, our culture. Um, we're going to talk about, really briefly, we're going to touch on the Lovett School District thing because it's been in the news. We're going to take a look at how artistically dead Hollywood is on uh, how it's how, how bad it's become we're going to uh, read an unintentionally honest article about weaponized freedom that's been going around. Then I'm going to do the interview. Uh, and if we have time, we're going to discuss President Biden's outrage over the the proposed bill in Florida that they are nicknaming, not the Floridians, but others are nicknaming the Don't Say Gay Bill, because uh, that's a... That's an honest nickname. Anyway. <clears throat> you know, actually, before we even start, uh, a couple of reminders. I'm going to assume that you're subscribed. If you're not, please double check. Make sure you are. We've got a tenuous relationship with YouTube. We are on other platforms. I think we're streaming on Rumble right now. Utreon, Twitter, DLive. I'm probably, oh, Odyssey. Probably forgetting something. We always we always also stream to unsafespace.com. Whenever we premiere or or stream anything live, it is at unsafespace.com. That's the best place to go if you want to just watch it. Uh, Super Chats don't work there, which sucks, but uh, you can watch it there. <coughs> you can also support this channel, uh, which includes this show plus all the other shows, by going to unsafespace.com, clicking on support us or whatever the button is there. All uh, financial supporters get access to Discord server where you can um, argue with each other, yell at me, post cat videos, whatever else uh, floats your boat. And financial supporters of, uh, I think, $5 and more a month, get their name in the credits, 25 bucks more a month, to get a cool grenade mug, which is, is it on the shelf behind me? Yeah, it is. It's right, right there. There it is. All right, there's the sales pitch for the day. You know, actually, even before we start any of this stuff... Um, I was I just had to pick up my daughter from school and I was listening to NPR. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I have a I guess I'm just a masochist. I listen I do listen to NPR. Maybe it's something in the water in the Bay Area. You have to listen to NPR. But they're doing, they're now doing these stories with medical experts about how. Well, you know, there are downsides to making children wear masks in school, socialization and maybe speech. Uh, speech learning issues and that kind of stuff. And so we really, you know, and there's scant evidence to suggest that wearing a mask is really all that helpful for children. And so maybe maybe it's time to roll back some of the mask mandates in schools. And the thing that pisses me off about the, you'd think I'd be happy about this. Finally, they're admitting the truth. But, But you know what pisses me off about it is this is a form of gaslighting because they're acting as if, They didn't just spend two years criticizing anyone who suggested that there were downsides to putting masks on children and dismissing their claims as crazy grandma killing conspiracy theory claims and anti-science. The honest thing to do is to say, you know what, Uh, I realize we have the great reputation of NPR and, and you might think we're always right, but we really fucked this one up, everyone. Sorry to everyone that we vilified for two years, but they don't do that. They just act like it never happened. They never, like it, ne- they never did that. Now we're just going to have march forward with this conversation, repeating the talking points that we were saying two years ago, and getting vilified for. And they're the smug, pretentious ones walking around thinking that they're they're the intellectuals. It's just, it's infuriating. Okay. Let's um, let's look at let's watch a video. It's a short video. I'm gonna warn you, it's disturbing. Uh, You know, I wish uh, I wish we always had good news on this. We have some things to laugh at later, but I'm gonna we're gonna watch this video. This video, it's from um, a Clark County High School, which is in the I think just north of Las Vegas. Vegas is is Clark County. Um, and it depicts, uh, well, we'll talk about it in a minute. I'll let you watch the video. Um, I will just remind you, we don't have context to what happened before this, but as you'll see from the video, you don't need a lot of context to see that something is, uh, definitely wrong here. So let's just, let's watch this. Let's see if this button works. Here we go.
1: No, stop. Guys, stop! Stop!
0: Get off of her! <laughs> Help! Help! I, I almost can't watch this. I mean, I've, I've obviously I've seen it. Um. I'm sorry. First of all, for those of you listening, what we witnessed was a uh, young high school girl sitting at a desk. um, And someone came up from behind her. Now, again, I don't know. Maybe this person said nasty things or even was violent before. But this person wasn't being violent uh, in the video. They're sitting at the desk. And this person comes up behind them. This other girl comes up behind and just starts wailing on the back of her head. And at one point in the video, and just nonstop, nonstop, and no one's really stopping. One person tries to kind of grab the assailant and say, you know, stop. But it's a weak, it's a weak uh, attempt and and doesn't do anything. Uh, and then they give up very quickly. And at, and at one point towards the end of the video, it, it actually looks like the girl at the desk who's getting hit in the back of the head, it looks like she is unconscious. She doesn't move after the assailant. The assailant just gets tired of beating on her and, and walks away. Um. As a dad of, uh, I mean, this should anger anyone, but specifically as a dad of a young woman who is not quite high school age and is going to be dealing with high school. Um, it's pretty infuriating. It's heartbreaking um i do i have a few this this makes me think about some stuff and i I wanted to share some thoughts here because there's something bigger going on i'm not saying that bad things don't generally happen and haven't always happened and like yes there are always bad people and 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 when i posted this on twitter i i or i retweeted it someone said well they posted that you know hey look this person's been arrested yeah, big whoop. I, I don't care. I don't want to talk about the fact whether the schools responded in a, an appropriate way or or they've been arrested. That's not what bothers me about this. Um, Let me start by saying there's no moral obligation for anyone in the room to stop the attack. There's no obligation to intervene, with the exception of there might be someone in the room whose job it is to intervene, but like, it's just Assume we don't really know the details too much. There's not really, not really an obligation to do it, but you are morally permitted to use force against this assailant. Um, and my first instinct instinct here, and I think any decent human's first instinct, whether or not you have a child, is to protect the young lady getting beaten. Right? I mean, my blood boils watching it. <clears throat> uh, and... um. You know I know worse stuff than this happens all the time, as I've said, but um when you see it, right? <clears throat> when you see a video and you watch it, it's it's emotionally impactful. And this had this video had an impact on I me. Mean, I don't know again, I don't know if it's just because I'm a dad, or maybe it has the same impact on everyone, people can <clears throat> can say. But in the past, <clears throat> even though people don't, I think they don't have a, a moral obligation to do anything again, with some exceptions, maybe the teacher does, but Uh, They don't have a moral obligation to risk themselves and step in. In the past, there would be an expectation that someone would step in. Someone would have stepped in. I feel like, Like, you know, maybe I'm old. But when I was growing up, if that happened, I'm pretty sure someone would have stepped in. Probably the teacher. And I just went to a public school. I didn't go to like a great school. But, you know, probably the teacher would have stepped in. Uh, If the teacher hadn't. I mean, guys would have stepped in to protect this this woman, this poor girl, beaten unconscious. Um and I realized, you know, one thing this video made me think about aside from just being livid. <laughs> I'm still I'm still having tar- trouble talking about this objectively because I'm so angry about it. Um it made me think of this this modern paradox with, that we have developed with respect to violence on the one hand violence is encouraged if it stems from a childish temper tantrum your lived experience your feelings right um and it and it makes you angry and is directed towards the right people or the right things capitalism white men the patriarchy, right? Like that violence is encouraged, right? We saw for the past several years how uh, mainstream media, uh, large corporations, academia, including schools, probably this school, encouraged Antifa thugs, excused them, rationalized what they're doing, stoked the flames of their peaceful protesting fires, laughed, laughed, laughed at their victims. So on the one hand, we've got this, this society that just encourages violence in that sense. But on the other hand, where there ought to be violence, and yes, there ought to be violence in some situations, where there ought to be violence, we don't see it. And what I'm talking about is is the very obvious example here of counter violence in direct opposition to thuggery. When you see a thug, a decent person's response is I want to attack the thug to protect the other person. Now, you might choose not to because the thug is, you know, the rock and you're 110 pounds and you're pretty sure you'll be killed. But your immediate response is and should be a violent response. You should you should want violence, Um There's nothing wrong with that. It's good. We need violence from good people in society. We need good people to be moved to violence. Counter-violence. I'm not saying the initiation of the use of force. I'm saying counter-violence. When someone's initiating the use of force, someone's got to have the balls to stand up. And instead, we've got a bunch of people in this video Cowering in the corner, standing around slack jogged, stupidly watching. Or worse, just standing there recording it. That's what we have. And I, you know, again, maybe I'm wrong. But I went to school in the 80s, and I'm pretty damn sure that assailant would have been on the floor within 10 seconds. And the question I think I, you know, that it got me thinking about this, and, and maybe other people are thinking about this, which is what I want to talk about, is uh, why? Why is this paradox here? Why do we have people who won't intervene, except for this one week attempt? And it's a, it's a, it's almost a performative attempt to stop it. She's, you know, stop, stop, stop. Okay. And it's not, it's not a real, no one runs up and tackles the person, right? It's just as kind of, pansy ass pretense at stopping and so my question was like oh, well, why are we seeing this and I think there's you know two things we can say maybe we've got a group of people who are just numb to the suffering of others maybe we've got a group of people that are scared to act for some reason All Right? I can see that I can see being scared to act and I think maybe both of these things are true um and because we like to talk about philosophy here, uh, and I, and I like to look for deeper causes, not just proximal causes, right? So there's probably proximal causes The the assailant may be from a bad or broken family or have other issues or whatever. And, and we can talk, we can talk generally about broken families or whatever, and maybe we'll get to that, but those are proximal causes. Like there's a deeper, what what's going on deeply here. And, uh, What I see when I see this and, and again, it's not the attack. there are violent people in every culture. It's the it's the passivity of the observers. When I see the passivity of these observers it reminds me that critical race theory, or really all critical theories from all, all critical theories, not just critical race theory, all critical theories are, are just a form of tribalism. And I mean that – when I say tribalism, I mean that condescendingly and derogatorily. I'm not being nice when I say tribalism because the morality of a tribe is low and base and ugly. There's a reason that we used to be able to use the word savage to describe tribes, to describe primitive cultures based on tribalism. Because it's savage. Tribalist ethics are savage tribalism as the foundation of ethics is animalistic and anti-human that's what it is and it's anti-human because as we say a million times in the show uh humans' primary means of survival is uh is their rational mind and it's irrational arbitrary and anti-intellectual to beat on outgroup members to make ethics based on your your membership into a tribe especially an arbitrary tribe And that's one of the most repulsive and horrifying things about these collectivist ideologies. All these critical theories that group people together uh, and view them primarily as members of some tribe. I'm gonna stop using collective, I'm gonna use the word tribe because that's what they are. They are tribalism bedazzled with you know multi-syllabic academic jargon to disguise it. Right? But underneath all that glitter, behind the tweed human suit. There's just a bunch of instinct-driven, you know, brutality, characteristic of a, a rabid, frothing beast, right? It's not a human mind underneath critical theories. It's just savagery. It's savagery dressed up in academic language. That's what it is. And that's why you should hate critical theories. That's why they need to be opposed. They're not harmless. So you ask yourself, what's it like to live in, in a world? Because look, I grew up, I'm almost 50. I grew up a long time ago. As many of you did, we are not, most people watching this show aren't 18 and growing up this in this, this environment right now. So what's it like? What's it like to grow up, first of all, in the age of social media, which is a separate, but related problem. But what's it like to live in um, and to grow up surrounded by the savagery of tribalist ethics? I mean, you remember how brutal junior high school and high school was? I know some of you were probably prom queens and everything went really well for you, But uh, and I didn't have a particularly bad time in high school, but it was pretty savage. I mean, looking back at it, at it, it, the things kids would do and say to each other. I mean, I certainly did some savage things and had some savage things done to me. Um, it's pretty horrible. And that was 40 some, 40 years ago, not quite 40 years ago, but whatever, it was 30 something years ago. Now imagine that experience, but now the full force of the woke frenzy behind it. All right, so... <sighs> What's it like to grow up like that? Well, first, I think, um, as we've seen from cancel culture, the tribe is fickle. Um, being expelled from the tribe can have dire consequences. And membership is not really guaranteed, right? There's no moral standard that you can point to other than, like, you happen to belong to the tribe today. Right? Um but you might not tomorrow they might they might find a tweet from yesterday or the thing that you said yesterday that was perfectly acceptable is now considered heresy today and so you get kicked out and ostracized so that's the kind of environment these kids are growing up in and if you're going to step up and defend someone in a situation like this you've got to have some kind of level of moral certainty right it's hard to muster the resolve to put yourself into a dangerous situation even if it's, you know, I mean, a lot of guys you like me, you might look at it and, well, it's just some high school girl. It's not that dangerous. But, you know, imagine you're a high school kid and she's, you know, she's clearly unhinged at the moment. It's dangerous, right? It's hard to muster resolve to put yourself in that situation to defend justice when you're not even really sure what justice means. That's not a word that means anything to you. You hear it a lot, but the context in which you hear it is social justice. Which, which takes the concept of justice and turns it into an anti-concept, which we've talked about before. It eradicates the concept of justice. All you see as justice really is eh, the, the kind of ephemeral mood of the mob determines what justice is. So it's hard to have a lot of moral certainty, which is required to act. And maybe it makes you scared, right? Maybe you're scared to act because You have no moral standards uh, by which to judge what's going on. Other than, is this an in-group or out-group thing? Is she a member of the tribe or not a member of the tribe? And maybe you, because the tribe membership is so tenuous, you don't really even—you might not even really know what until afterwards. You don't have any moral confidence in the situation to act. You're not sure if what you are seeing in the moment should be lauded or opposed and ridiculed until after it's over. And then you look around at your friends and other people and you see what the rest of the tribe thinks. And then you know what you're supposed to think about it. Ayn Rand called this um, being a social metaphysician. Right? In this context, you can think of it as really socialized ethics, but it's you don't have an, a moral standard by which you can judge. The, the, the environment you've grown up in has taught you that your moral standard is what's ever acceptable to the tribe. And that tribe is, uh, you know, like I said before, it's fickle. So maybe that's what's going on. And maybe you're numb to the suffering of your peer, uh, not just because you're afraid it could be you, In the next moment. But also because you've seen the viciousness. Of that purity spiral in action. Many times. And maybe you're just numb from the exposure to it. I don't know. But I definitely think it's related to this. uh, Tribalist ethics. Which is what the left has been. The The left are savages they are tr- they're ethical savages they're they're a tribe there's no intellectual content in all of critical theory it's all window dressing for tribalism I mean that I'm not, I'm not being hyperbolic it's window dressing for for rank tribalism that's what it is. This reminds me of, I don't know if you guys ever, I, I haven't listened to him in a while. Um, and you're not supposed to like this guy, but I do. I like him a lot. Uh, I haven't listened to Stefan Molyneux for a while, but it was, i man, it was maybe 10 years ago. I remember him saying something about R versus K selection theory and applying it to humans. Um, for those of you who don't know uh, what R versus K selection theory is, this is this, this idea in the animal kingdom that there are, uh, different reproductive strategies is in the R's and the K's um, here well, I got this handy chart here. I also have it on paper because I'm old, it's in front of me. So um, R's are characteristic, characteristics of R's are high number of offspring, low parental care, early reproductive maturity, small offspring, uh, early independence at birth low ability to learn, short lifespan, early mortality. Those two sound related, I don't know why they're two separate categories. And case selection strategy is basically the opposite, right? So it's low number of offspring, high parental care per offspring, high parental investment per offspring, late maturity reproductively, larger offspring, late independence at birth, so more reliance earlier on, high ability to learn longer lifespan, Early mortality. The classic examples of these are um, like rabbits and, and wolves, or something like that. Right? Rabbits being R, they have lots of little baby baby bunnies, and uh, and wolves being K. Rabbits don't spend a lot of time on each bunny. Baby bunny pops out, basically ignored shortly after birth. Bends <sighs> for itself. There's an abundance of of. Uh, food, So there's not really a learning process. You like see grass, eat grass. That's the learning process. It's not that complicated. Um, there's not a lot of investment, each one. And as a result, and this is why I'm bringing up Stefan Maloney, because I remember this example. He, you know, he, he talked about bunnies in a field and like a falcon or something comes and grabs one of them. He said, have you ever noticed the other bunnies? Like they might hop away a little bit, but they don't really go. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. My buddy's been eating. I'm going to go back to eating grass. They don't care. Each one doesn't matter too much, whereas K whereas wolves or something they have a lot of investment in each one, and there's there's a lot of learning that needs to happen in terms of you know, being able to get food, um, and and I think by the way uh, I'm not a biologist, but I think the R versus K selection theory has been replaced by more nuanced theories now, but many of the observations of it kind of remain. But the the it's I don't think people use that model anymore, but. Um, But it's an interesting model. Uh, I think it's an interesting model. Looking at this, I think, well, are we... So the idea that that Molyneux introduced, uh, and I don't know if he was the one who invented this or not, but I remember him talking about it. The idea that humans could kind of adaptively be more R-leaning or more K-leaning. I look at this and I kind of see R-reproductive strategy a little bit. I see a bunch of bunnies standing there watching a hawk you know, get its talons, sink its talons into a, a defenseless bunny. And they're not they're not wolves. They're not gonna go attack their the aggressor against one of their pack mates. They're just gonna go back to eating grass. Whatever. You know, hawks happen. Oh well. And speaking of low investment in children, speaking of our selection strategy, despite all the uh, performative political talk that we've heard lately about investing in our children. Uh, you know, schools and daycare and this, and then we need more money for this and more money for that, and we need to invest in our children and blah, 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 You know what the one investment that we're not willing to make? Actual parenting. We're not willing to actually parent. That's the thing that we're just... Anything but that, please... Anything but actually having to parent my children. Can the government do it? How about we raise we raise taxes so that we can send all of our kids to government daycare? Because I, I want children, but really more as an accessory that the government can manage for me. I don't want to actually have to fucking parent. That's where we are. Hey, apropos of nothing, uh, boys who are fatherless from birth are 3.061 times as likely to go to jail as peers from intact families. Hmm, What do you know? That's according to Journal of Research on Adolescence. Article called Father Absence and Youth Incarceration. There's a lot of arguments about broken homes and fatherlessness, and it's hard to find... uh, a lot of great data on it because the left hates these arguments and a lot of people on the right uh, come from a dishonest perspective. I tried to look at this. I was like, well, it, you know, is father? you hear fatherlessness is a thing that happens in, in mass shootings. So there's a lot of fatherlessness. And it's hard because uh, you get a lot of sloppy reporting. And if you try and trace back the evidence, you don't see the evidence that it's not there. Um, And then you get on the other side, you get Snopes making straw man arguments and debunking those and saying like, well, this is debunked. And then you get uh, family organizations, predominantly Christian family organizations, defining broken home as like you read it and it's like, uh, you know, the dad once smoked pot. Therefore, it's a broken home. It's like, all right, well, you know, it's hard to find a lot of honest data. But I do know, I do know some data here we can look at. Adverse child experience, childhood experience scores. You guys know what the adverse childhood experience scores are? You answer questions like, um, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down, humiliate you, or act in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt? Did a parent or other adult in the household push, jab, slap, or throw something at you or even hit you so that you had marks? This, you know, there's 10 questions here. Did a household member go to prison is one of the questions. Was a household member depressed or mentally ill? Or did a household member attempt suicide? This has been well studied. Adverse childhood experience scores have been well studied. And uh, there's a strong correlation between higher adverse childhood experience scores and criminality and mental illness. But let's not address any of that, everyone. Let's just steal money from hardworking Americans and use it to fund crack pipe distribution programs and bomb poor people in other countries and build uh, infrastructure for a surveillance state beyond, you know, George Orwell's wildest imagination. Worst nightmare. And most importantly, let's fund a bunch of self-righteous, low IQ Karens to raise our children from birth so we don't have to. Let's do that. I'm sorry, this story just really angers me. We are turning into, we are, not, turning, we're evolving into two different species. Two different species are emerging here, and I don't want to be stuck in a cage with the tribalistic pseudo-humans that we're busy breeding. I just don't. I'm not, and that's not me being misanthropic. There's a whole bunch of actual humans who don't do this kind of shit. And I, I, those are the ones I want to be in my community. I want to be around them. I don't want to be around this crap. it's it's subhuman. and I know that's rude and horrible to say it's sub it's subhuman. It's subhuman behavior. No, it doesn't mean you can initiate force against them. Don't take me. Don't take my words to mean what I'm I don't think they they mean, but so yeah, that's that story. I you know it was just impactful, and I wanted to share it with you. and I wanted to share why I think it's related to the crap philosophy that has become the norm. Tribal, it's tribalism. The best way to... I mean, I should have been using the word tribalism this whole time, because it really is. And I think when you use the word tribalism, it conjures up ideas of savagery. And it reminds you that this is this is not legitimate. You don't have to take their academic jargon seriously. They can write... As many PhD theses as they want about, you know, colonial oppression and white guilt and blah, 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 blah. It's rank, ugly, low, base, subhuman tribalism. That's what it is. That's what it is. Fortunately, I knew that this would put me in a bad mood. So I have an awesome video clip that just makes me laugh. I'm going to play it.
1: Your hamburger comes with a dose of misogyny. One more time. Your hamburger comes with a dose of misogyny.
0: Thank you to Frank. who shared that that's from a debate between Michaela Peterson, uh, Peterson and someone, some this lady, uh, about veganism. Your hamburger comes with a dose of misogyny. These are the people we're supposed to take seriously. That's at Oxford, by the way. That's, uh, that's at Oxford. Um, all right. Speaking, speaking of being stuck in a cage with subhumans, uh, which is basically the same as saying, speaking of public school. Although, actually, this isn't a public school. Uh, there's this. Um, there's this screenshot going around of uh, an alleged email from the Lovett School, which is a private school in, I think, northern Atlanta, um, from someone from the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. Uh, and let me show you what this... Here's the... Here's the screenshot going around. It's allegedly from this person called Shell Wabrek to Jennifer Boot... Um, or maybe it's from Jennifer and Shell is replying to it. I can't tell. Uh, Brian Boot is the uh, co-chair of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. Jennifer is his wife. I'm not sure exactly what role she has. Shell is the head of associate head of school. She's not the cool Shell from Portal. This is a different Shell, who likely sucks. Anyway, um. I'll just read what this alleged email says. It says, Yes, I know. And thank so this is a response to. I'm going to read the response and then we'll read the email. She's saying, Yes, I know, and thank you for doing this. It is long overdue. I'm disgusted by some of these parents. Need to prioritize our efforts, as some have too much influence. Our watch list to keep hard copy only. Confirm. And what she's replying to says this is this thing that says insubordinate prelim hits, R.E. monitor notes slash. CJB for next steps. Jb, I assume is Jennifer Boot. Um, looks like her title is director of community relations here. Um, and it's, so it's, it's like a blacklist of parents. Uh, now since this came out, and this has been passed around, Lovett School has issued this statement. Dear Lovett community, as you are likely aware, an anonymous message that included a screenshot of an alleged email exchange between two Lovett employees has been circulating through email and social media. Like previous anonymous, slanderous messages, this purported email additionally lists the names of valued longstanding parents and members of the Lovett community. As the chair of the board of trustees, I want to be clear, this email and list are fabricated. This email exchange did not occur, and no such list exists. Blah-de-blah. Blah-de-blah-de-blah. Um, maybe it's a hoax. I don't know. But here's the thing. We can't tell anymore. <laughs> I mean, the attitude's probably real. We've watched a million school school board meetings at this point. We see the attitude that the educators take towards parents. So we know the attitude is real. And the credibility of many of these institutions is completely destroyed. People think, well, a private school wouldn't do this. Uh, 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 uh. My daughter's in a private school. Let me tell you, they will do this because they think they have the moral high ground. Schools have been converged upon like many other businesses. So the the radical, crazy wokes have come in through the HR departments or whatever. I mean, I think in teaching, probably they just come from teaching institutions. Um, They think they have the moral high ground. And they don't respect their customers. They don't respect their parents, especially if they think it's just you know they they have this belief that they're on the right side of history and that it's a minority of, uh, you know, mouth breathing, Trump voting parents that are the the racist idiots who would oppose them. So they don't have they don't have a problem with this. I don't know if this happened. I I wanted to bring this up because it might be a hoax. So I don't want people running around and acting like it's definitely real. But I don't trust Love It. I want to be honest. I don't trust their claim that it's not. I don't know what to believe, but I do know this is not that far fetched. It's not that far fetched. Cheer me up.
1: Your hamburger comes with a dose of misogyny.
0: All righty. That's better. I'll fight you naked. Hey, man. He gives a super chat, which will be more appropriate for later in the show. But he says honking will continue until freedom is restored. Yes. Yes, we're going to get to some of this. Beverly says misogyny. The Delicious, delicious. Her argument, by the way, if you want to see that whole video, uh, I don't want to say the guy who tweeted it because his account's locked, and I don't know if that means he doesn't want people knowing what he's tweeting I I don't I don't want to throw him under the bus. Uh but you can go to Michaela Peterson's YouTube channel and she has the uh she has this it's the first I don't know 10 minutes or so of this this debate about uh beyond meat. And if you want to laugh that's just one of the many beautiful things. Uh I mean this woman is she's funnier than Trevor Noah. It's good. It's fun to watch. Um, all right, let's do something else. That's kind of light a little bit light. Uh, just cause I think this is kind of funny. Um, so <laughs> there's a movie that Netflix produced, which I happen to have seen called don't look up. It's a comedy. Uh, maybe before I even describe it, I'll show you here, here are the awards that it's been nominated for. Look at all these. It was just nominated for best motion picture of the year, which Oscar best achievement in film editing, best achievement in music, uh, written for motion pictures, best original screenplay, bunch of BAFTA awards, screen actors, guild awards. Look at all these nominations. Ridiculous. Wikipedia says showing all 10 wins and 80 nominations. So you'd think, wow, this must be like It's first of all, it's a comedy. Uh must be hilarious. Um it's okay. It's mediocre. It's a mediocre movie. Um Jimmy Kimball's pissed off because Jimmy Kimball's pissed off because Spider-Man wasn't nominated instead. I haven't seen Spider-Man, so I don't know. But what does this movie have going for it? Why would it it's 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 literally it's immediate, it's like a it's the kind of comedy you're like, eh, eh, that's funny. You know, it's not, it's like, okay, right? It's okay. I don't want to give it credit. There's some funny moments. Give it give it some credit for that. But it's not, you don't watch the movie and go, oh my God, this needs to be nominated for an Oscar. And Unless you're in Hollywood. Uh, so what does it have going for it? Why? And just as a reminder, the people who nominate these things are Hollywood insiders. So this is them patting themselves on the back. What, should, what are we most proud of? Well, what it does have going for it, it is it's pro-the-science, trademark, uh, propaganda. It's, prop- it's straight-up propaganda. So the movie, there's going to be a spoiler here. I don't care if you're going to whine about a spoiler for a mediocre run-of-the-mill Netflix movie. You're, this probably isn't the right channel for you. Uh, look, the premise here is there's a giant asteroid hurtling toward Earth. Um, some actual scientists... Uh, who discover this asteroid they go to warn the president the president is played by meryl streep and she's basically a female trump kind of character. you can tell that she's supposed to be trump and her her kid is supposed to be john Don jr um and she's completely uh, she and her administration are completely unconcerned to the point of absurdity they're worried about midterm elections and whatever and the scientists are like well i don't understand and they, they end up uh going on mainstream news to try and warn people about this and get you know like pressure the government into doing something if anything can be done. Um and the mainstream news just makes a joke about it and then they laugh and then you know, oh scientists are so funny and you know, the spoiler here is the entire earth is destroyed because a bunch of dumb Trump supporters basically didn't trust the science. That's that's the premise of the movie. Um and of course, in the movie Hollywood and musicians, they're the voices of reason and sanity, right? That they team up with the scientists to, to like throw charity concerts and educate people. And just no one's taking it seriously. People are just idiots and not listening to the science. Um, but there are some funny things in it. There's some good jabs, they take some good jabs at big tech, no, no pun intended, I guess. Um, there's a Steve Jobs type of character that's really funny. Um, but at the end of the day, this it's a transparent propaganda piece. There's no I mean, uh, you can't watch it and think it's not a propaganda piece. It's clearly what it is. In fact, here, let me look at the. Here, I'll show you. the The <laughs> this is the front, oops, front cover. Based on truly possible events, like they, it, it's intentional. Two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. It's, it's just propaganda. But here's the thing that's funny about this to me. I guess I could cry about it, but I'm going to just laugh about it. Uh, Hollywood insiders think this is brilliant. This is their magnum opus. This is their, what movie should we nominate for the best? Yeah. Yeah. The me propaganda piece that we made. This This is what they think is funny. This is what they think is great. This is their this is their their work of art that they would like to they they would like to go drink champagne together and celebrate this work of art you ever watch the office you know how Michael Scott buys himself a mug that says the best boss it's like that it's a bunch of totally banal, mediocre, you know, average run of the mill, whatever. Comedians like people. it's Okay. It's okay. It's okay. And they want to celebrate it. Like it's, uh, I don't know. What's a good movie. Shawshank Redemption. I don't know. They want to celebrate it. Like it's some epic Schindler's list or something. Uh, and you know, folks, art is not dead when it becomes grotesque and demented and evil. It's bad, but it's not dead. It's still alive when it's grotesque and evil. Art is dead when the trite and the mediocre, the meh, becomes celebrated as if it's like this, you know, the best in human achievement. Welcome to Clown World. That's when art is dead. When they celebrate the ordinary. It's, I mean, Hollywood, I, Hollywood's so dead. <laughs> Citizen Kane, some, that's a better one. Thank you. Citizen Kane. It's their, this is their Citizen Kane. It's just so stupid. It's so stupid, guys. I don't want to say watch it, because I don't think you should have a Netflix subscription. Uh, I shouldn't either, but, like, it's not, it's not. You're not missing anything. You're not, just go watch any other comedy. It's not, it's, it's. Ugh. Welcome to Clown World. You know what they say in Clown World?
1: Your hamburger comes with a dose of misogyny.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That just cheers me up. I need to be cheered up today. That, che- she, that, that woman cheers me up. <laughs> She's dead serious about all this, by the way. I mean, she defends soy boys and every, it's, it's an awesome speech. Um. All right. This... Uh the last thing that I'm gonna do before we segue to my interview with the organizers of the Convoy to Save America is I'm gonna read an article here. Uh, this is it's a good segue because it's it's about the Canadian convoy. Um I'm gonna read an article. Now, granted, this is an opinion piece, and it's in the Globe and Mail, and I have paper copy because miraculously, miraculously, they put it behind a paywall after it was out and people were tweeting about it and talking. Can't get it. But because I'm an old fogey, I printed it out. So I have it. Uh, It's not behind a paywall for me. This is the kind of story I don't even... I can read it and there's not really a comment that needs to be made. But, uh, all right. So the title of this, this is by a uh, a gentleman by the name of Gary Mason, national affairs columnist for, I guess, the Globe and Mail. Or maybe it's the Globe and Mail, eh? I think it's a Canadian publication. Okay. The title is, How Truck Convoy Supporters Like... I got to say this guy's name correctly because it's French. How truck convoy supporters like Pierre Polyev have weaponized freedom. Freedom is in quotes. Oh, weaponized freedom. Now, by the way, before we even start this, uh, we're going to assume here, which is a generous and reasonable assumption, that by freedom, this person means uh, political freedom not freedom from reality or anything else. Usually when people are talking about politics, they mean political freedom. Okay. Let's hear this doozy. I'm just going to read it. Admittedly, I'll probably stop and comment. Okay. If you watched any of federal conservative MP Pierre Poyevre's video announcing his candidacy for the leadership of his party, you might have discerned a theme. Freedom. Beverly, we need one of those like dum-dum-dum. I, I need, we need to like the little thing. Okay, freedom. Variations of the word were used nine times in his three-minute performance. If he is elected leader and is ultimately successful in becoming prime minister, Mr. Paul Yev promised, among other things, to make Canadians the, quote, freest people on earth. With "quote freedom to make your own health and vaccine choices, freedom to speak without fear, freedom over fear," he recently tweeted. That is not by accident, of course. I think, by the way, I think we're supposed to be scared already. I'm waiting for the drop because uh, so far I'm like, hmm, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. All right, here we go. Nine, yeah. Someone got my Ferris Bueller reference. Thank you. Thank you. Save Ferris. Hashtag save Ferris. Nine times he was absent. All right. Um, Freedom. Back to the article. Freedom is a word that gets bandied about a lot these days, but has mostly been co-opted by the alt-right, both here and in the U.S. Here we go. It's co-opted. During the last federal election, People's Party of Canada leader Maxine Bernier, the far right's current standard bearer in this country, was greeted with chants of freedom, freedom at his campaign stops. By the way, I mean I don't shouldn't have to say this to this audience, but by far right, he means slightly right of Bernie Sanders or something. I mean Karl Marx. That's that's the def that's the this the Mainstream morons definition of far right now is not actually a Marxist. All right. He continues freedom as an ideology has been appropriated by the make America great wing of the U S Republican party. There is strong MAGA fan base in this country, apparently with prominent supporters such as Candace Bergen, by the way, every time I see Candace Bergen, I think of the actress Candace Bergman, I think anyway, the new interim leader, of the federal conservative party of Canada, totally different person was not Murphy Brown. Uh, undated photos. This is, <laughs> this 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 next sentence is awesome. Undated photos circulating on social media appear to show Mr. Bergen, or sorry, Ms. Bergen, supporting a camouflage mega hat. <gasps> I'm sure this guy wrote about. Justin Trudeau's blackface somewhere, I just didn't find it. MAGA hats and Trump signs have been ubiquitous at the Freedom Convoy occupation in Ottawa, which has attracted donations and political support from the U.S. One man rode a horse through the downtown streets carrying a flag emblazoned with the word Trump. I want to meet that man. You, read, you can come on our show if you reach out to me. The word freedom could be found on most signs being touted by the protesters. Yeah, because you know what it's about? Freedom. Uh for many, it's a word that has become code for white identity politics and the far right's weapon of choice in the culture wars. Okay. When he says for many, it's become code for white identity politics. The many he's referring to. It, they're his drinking buddies at the links. It's it's his, like, newsroom buddies. That's the many. Crazy, psychologically dysfunctional Marxists. To them, freedom is code for white identity politics. To normal people, with at least two connected neurons, freedom is code for freedom. (sighs) Mr. Polyev has been a strong advocate of those gathered in Ottawa, meeting with them and helping get their message out. He's been less vocal about the lawlessness that has taken place or the harm that the encampment has caused to commerce and downtown residents. I mean, this just, is just so rich. Again, I'm sure this guy wrote extensively about Chaz and Antifa last year and two years ago. It would appear that the presumptive favorite to win the conservative leadership isn't prepared to jeopardize his relationship with potential supporters in the name of law and order. Casting in that shade. This undoubtedly will be remembered. I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like you're the kind of guy who doesn't have much of a memory, but okay. Freedom, of course, has not always been a concept used usurped for selfish, malicious purposes. I, by the way, no, there's no argument here. I don't know. Have you noticed we got to we're halfway done over halfway done. He's acting like he's made an argument. Hey, freedom has not always been a concept usurped for selfish and malicious purposes. No, in fact, I would argue it's really never been and continues to not be. Uh, he says it's been a rallying cry behind great triumphs. Here we go. Such as the end of slavery and the civil rights movement. But others have believed freedom is about protecting property rights. Even if that has to occur at the diminishment of democracy, okay, this is so you can tell this is this guy. He's uh, he's probably subscribed to Klaus Schwab's OnlyFans, right? He's he's a he's a proponent of democracy now. I just want to clarify something in case there are, in case Gary is listening, Gary, Gary Mason, national affairs columnist. Uh, let me explain how this works. First of all, uh, I'll, we'll grant you a wide definition of democracy. I'll say that the U.S. is a is a form of democracy, even though it's a representative republic, blah, blah, blah. Um, democracy is a means to an end you've inverted you've inverted things here sir you take chemotherapy to try and get rid of cancer chemotherapy is not like the thing it's not like you have to take chemotherapy and a lack of cancer is a problem because you can no longer take in chemotherapy. You've reversed things. Democracy is a, a means to an end. The purpose, the intended purpose in Western countries, especially the U.S., probably less so in, in Canada, but still to somewhat, um, the purpose of it is to try and preserve political freedom. The goal is freedom, not democracy. The goal is freedom. That's the goal. Democracy is the means To the end, we want political freedom. And some some dead guys a couple hundred years ago said, you know, maybe if we had a king, we wouldn't have as much political freedom. Let's figure out if we can come up with a system that's some form of democracy in an attempt to preserve political freedom. That's the goal. So when you write that... This freedom could occur at the diminishment of democracy. You're demonstrating your low IQ. I'm sorry, but that's what that is. You got the cart before the horse, buddy. Freedom's the point. Democracy be damned. The only purpose democracy serves at all is it's theoretically better at preserving freedom than a monarchy or a dictatorship? That's the fucking purpose of democracy. That's it. That's it. Not for him because he doesn't he just wants mob rule. Also, freedom is <laughs> freedom is about protecting property rights. Yeah, it is. It is. That's a good thing. By the way, I agree with him about one thing here. Freedom and democracy are can be at odds. They are often at odds. And it has been a pet peeve of mine that for the last 20 years that I've been paying attention, maybe 25 years, politicians have been running around talking about how we need to spread democracy. No. We need to spread freedom. Democracy doesn't guarantee crap unless unless it's put together with the express intent of preserving freedom. And then, then it does a half assed semi-decent job that I guess falls apart in about 250 years, apparently. But um, okay, let's let's keep reading. Most recently, political leaders and others with an unprecedented megaphone in the form of the internet and social media. I you know what? What a how old are you? It's been a precedent for like over a decade now. With an unprecedented megaphone in the form of internet and social media, have used the call for freedom to promote bigoted, racist, and anti-democratic ideas. Really, you've given a total of zero examples or supporting ev- evidence. I hate that. I hate that we are in this, in a world now where an opinion piece means just rattle off some arbitrary assertions that meet the narrative, but you don't even. I mean, when I went to school. I remember if you wanted to write an opinion piece, the professor would be like, well, you have to have some supporting facts and evidence. No, not, no, not now. No, we're just going to call freedom bigoted, racist, and anti-democratic. Okay. Thanks for throwing some more shade, Gary. As Elizabeth Anker, a professor of American studies at George Washington University and author of Ugly Freedoms, that's that's not going to be a book club selection, uh, recently wrote in the New York Times, Today, more and more laws, caucuses, rallies, and hard right movements use the language of freedom as a cudgel to erode democratic governance and civil rights. These laws expand the creep of authoritarianism. I don't – word do words have no meaning anymore to you people? This is a professor, a professor of American Studies at George Washington University. By the way, if you went to George Washington or are thinking about sending your kids there – uh, don't pay them a red cent until they get rid of crap like this is just this is not academic you can't use this language you can't say freedom is used to erode civil rights democratic governance again not the goal and, and by the way these people are saying this with a straight face This is a guy who, no doubt, I mean, he hasn't said this explicitly, but you can read between the lines. This is a guy who, no doubt, is all about full authoritarian mandates with respect to medicine and mask mandates and vaccine mandates and vaccine passports. It's literally like a villain from 1984. And what's he saying? It's these protesters that expand the creep of authoritarianism. I guess he's quoting someone who said that, but... That's that's the level of backwards we're in the upside. My my daughter's watching uh Stranger Things. We're in the upside down world. Except for our our demigorgons where it depends. <laughs> I don't think like pathetic pathetic creatures. Okay. Don't forget that the organizers uh oh here we go. We're gonna Don't forget that the organizers of the Freedom Convoy have called for the overthrow of the federal government as well as the rescindment of all COVID-19 mandates across Canada. This is his supporting evidence for saying that freedom is expanding authoritarianism. Supporting evidence is they're expanding authoritarianism because they want to get rid of the federal government. And this, by the way, I mean, I don't think most people involved want to. He didn't say that the Freedom Convoy is about overthrowing the federal government because it's not. So he's being. uh, disingenuous here, this is, a, this is a misrepresentation of course, they may have the, the organizers may in fact have said that in the past but that's not what the Freedom Convoy is about but it is about rescinding the COVID-19 mandates so he's using this as evidence for the expanding creep of authoritarianism people rallying saying don't tell me what to do are the authoritarian I mean, I know this doesn't surprise you guys we talked about this recently with the that stupid Washington Post cartoon with the fascism trucks but I just, I. It's, it's the, the level of the, the lack of self-awareness is just incredible here, which brings us back to Mr. Polyev and his courtship of these folks as a strategy. It does offer a fuel line of support for his leadership bid. I see what you did there. Uh, The social conservative wing of the party would certainly applaud his freedom mantra and may be seduced into thinking that in Mr. Polyev they have someone who will promote their controversial wish list. See, ban on abortions. I don't, I'm sorry, but the Freedom Convoy is not about a ban on abortions, retard. Moreover, the freedom cry will be welcomed by the party's grassroots in rural Western Canada, a faction that is increasingly bitter and angry. Yeah, they're bitter and angry because... You Marxists in the cities are ruining it for everyone and and turning the country authoritarian. That's why they're bitter and angry. Whether Canadians more generally will feel comfortable with Mr. Polyev's adoption of language associated with Mr. Trump. Really? Freedom's now associated with Mr. Trump. Uh, And the worst, hold on. Elements of the Republican Party. Oh, the worst elements of the Republican Party. Let's see his list. Ready? Ted Cruz. Rand Paul. Marjorie Taylor Greene. I would expect that last one. Rand Paul? Okay. It's highly doubtful. Poll after poll has shown little appetite in this country for Mr. Trump's divisive, anti-media, autocratic style of leadership. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, those trucks are gathered in Ottawa uh, because they want an autocratic style of leadership. And Trudeau's too much of an individualist. It's also unclear how well Mr. Polyev's tactics will go down with moderates within the CPC, red Tories who don't have the slightest interest in extending empathy to those associated with this type of disorder we've witnessed in the Capitol for more than 10 days now. I'm, I'm, you know what? In fairness, I'm sure Gary, I'm sure Gary extensively wrote about Antifa. I'm I'm sure he did because look at how, look at how concerned he is with the inconvenience of some store owners. With his wooing of the protesters, Mr. Polyev is taking a massive gamble. Then again, as it was once written, freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. Thank you for ruining Janis Joplin. There you go. By the way, freedom is the recognition of individual rights as superior to the uh, the will of the collective mob. Democracy, just democracy as such has no counterbalance to that. Uh, in a pure democracy, you end up with slavery um, because a majority can vote away the rights of a minority. Uh, political freedom, individual sovereignty, That's the moral system. You want to argue that democracy is the best way to achieve it? I'm not even sure of that. But the only possible legitimacy for democracy is that it might preserve freedom. That's it. And if you don't understand that, at your age, guy had white hair, if you don't understand that, be fired i you don't you, you don't you don't you shouldn't be writing articles it's clown world that you're given a column only in clown world would an article like that be given space all right <sighs> someone says janice ruined herself long ago i haven't paid attention to what she said so uh i, do, I don't dis- i don't uh disbelieve you and that may be very true um all right. Before I go on uh, to the next segment here, I'm gonna say, I'm going to one one chat I want to comment on. Greg the baritone says, "Carter, did you see the post from the guy listing Rogan's right and left wing guests?" Yes, I did. Right wing included Sam Harris, Eric and Brett Weinstein, Heather Heying, Tulsi Gabbard, and Russell Brand. Yeah, I I almost posted a another list where I just like shifted the I just moved everyone to the left side arbitrarily and like put three people on the right side and said, here you go, look, I fixed it. It's just an arbitrary th- It's just so stupid. And they think you're dumb enough to fall for it, by the way. They think... They think they're going to win. They may win somewhere. Not here. All right. Yesterday, last night I spoke with the organizers. Wait, you know what? Before I play this, you know what I need. Everyone knows what I need. I need I need to lighten my spirits again.
1: Your hamburger comes with a dose of misogyny.
0: So good. All right. <laughs> Last night I spoke with the organizers of the Convoy to Save America. Uh, Two of those organizers, Daniel Wagner from Unframe of Mind, who you'll remember we've had on uh, the show previously, and Penny Fay, who hosts her own show on Josh Who TV, Twitch, and Rumble. There's links to their stuff in the description here. Um, And uh, they've got an announcement to make, which is the primary reason I interviewed them, Uh, but it turned into a little bit of a a longer discussion about – the convoy. Um, so we're gonna. I'm gonna play that for you now, and then when it returns, uh, I have another story I want to do. It should be quick, but and I know this is long. I have like three more stories, but I want. I'm gonna do at least one of them because I just the backlog is too much, and and this one is unrelated to the other two. So I'll probably do one more story when we return. But I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play this now, um, and uh, yeah, maybe. want to play my, I want to play my hamburger thing again, but I won't, uh, (laughs) I won't. All right. Let me find, let me find this video. Here we go. So Daniela and Penny, welcome to Unsafe space. Can you tell me, why don't you introduce yourselves to the audience and then we're going to dive into what you guys are up to ladies first.
2: Oh, thank you. I feel like such a good lady. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Hi, I'm Penny Faye. and I am a freedom-loving American who's fighting for freedoms for everyone, including myself. And uh, mm. I'm here for the fight, the whole long haul. Not just removing the mandates, but taking our country back, bringing it back to was that a, a pun intentional?
0: Country. The long haul.
2: No.
0: The oh, pun. Oh, I like that. No.
2: <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't. All right, Daniel. Part. Who are you?
3: All right, the- I am Daniel Wagner, host of the Unframe of Mind show, where we have uncomfortable conversations without a condom, and we are here to discuss this uh, convoy that's been uh, been going around here lately, and uh, our our role in that entire process uh, coming up over the next week or so. I've got pretty exciting news that we'll get to here in just a moment um about what's coming up this next uh, following weekend
0: so tell me i had not heard so it's called the convoy to save america is that right Correct. So we're calling
3: ourselves the Convoy to Save America, and our primary uh, goal at this time is to support the Canadians in their effort up along the border, on the U.S. border, and that kind of thing, until they get what they are after. And then they have agreed to turn around and join us in our fight as we all head to D.C. or our capital or wherever people end up going to that they're with, that's within their uh, ability to do so. So it's it's really cool to have that. Uh, that uh, nice. handshake deal kind of thing going on back and forth.
0: All right, well, let's get into it. Tell me what's what's going on this weekend that you guys want to talk
2: about. May I? Oh, yes, may ma'am. That, may yes, I? that's this oh. is where
3: you jump right in. This is a. Uh... I am
2: so excited. I'm so excited. Okay, so um, last weekend we were supposed to have our convoy and we were attacked from all areas and all angles. Our GoFundMe was terminated. Our monies were depleted. We were back at $0, and we had to start fundraising all over again. And it it stopped us from going to Niagara Falls and going to Detroit, Michigan, each to its pr- um, prospective bridges. Because we were out of money, our dear fearless leader, Denby, came up with the idea of Zello. Zello's an app where it's a walkie-talkie app. And she started to communicate with people and told them, you need to go to the Ambassador Bridge. Did you see that Ambassador Bridge? Do you see it's closed down? Well, thank you to that Zello app. People closed down the bridge today. The Canadians are crying over it and they're saying that they can't get commerce through the bridge. Well, they wouldn't have had commerce anyway and that's a story for another day. However, we were able to regroup Right now, we still need funding. We're waiting on funding. We have some sponsors helping us out, but we were able to regroup and we mapped out, leaving from the Nashville, Tennessee area, Mount Juliet, Walmart, two convoys. We're going to go through Tennessee, Kentucky, get to um, Ohio, Cincinnati area, and the convoys are gonna bifurcate. One's gonna head over to the Ambassador Bridge in Detroit, Michigan. The other will be going to Niagara Falls in Buffalo to the Peace Bridge. But we have a third one. A a third one is starting out in New York City and is gonna meet us up in Niagara Falls. And we already mapped out our stops. We have permissions to be there so no one can say that we are insurrectionists or that we trespassed. We are trying everything to avoid a January 6th incident we don't want a full flag yep. so we right. are doing everything by the book we're looking for a peaceful protest to assist the canadians we want to follow what the canadians are doing do you see how peaceful and loving they are and the message is getting through because when you hit the pocketbook then the government listens and that's what we intend to do we're going to support them we're going up there with uh, donations that people are giving us for them care packages and we're bringing supplies and we're going to support them rah 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 support them including uh, the PR person from Stu Peters they are donating a case of step on socks that we're going to be bringing up there as well so the whole thing is wonderful and you know just we need the funding we need the funding we need you to go to our gifts and go page and start funding us so that we can do this get up there and assist the canadians
3: so to add on to what uh, penny was saying i woke up this morning uh, to a, a a red alert hey our, our link tree has been shut down so if anybody's using link tree yes i saw that
0: They are censoring people as
3: well. Our Linktree of all things. I never thought a link like it's just if anybody if nobody knows what Linktree is, basically it's just a page that you go to that uh, you can provide certain links to lead out to your social medias. We were using it for that and to link people to our donation pages, which we already had three donation links because we had to constantly keep moving to different uh, platforms, different uh, strategies because of all of the censorship, because of all of the uh, platforms getting shut down. Well, so I woke up this morning and I hear this red alert. Oh my God, our link tree's been shut down. Well, the website's not done yet at this point. So I had to go and hurry up before I went to work for my job during the day to spend time to get the website up and running as quickly as possible. It is now our replacement link tree. It has all the links you'll need. It's called, uh, I'm sorry, it's called convoytosaveamerica.com. And all of our links are there, all the donation links. There's different uh, um, merch uh, that you can purchase as well, where all the proceeds are going to help uh, fund this effort. Um, it's, it's, it's so exciting seeing all these people ex- uh, excited about this. And what I'm enjoying the most, I think, from an anarchist perspective is the complete decentralization of the entire thing. It's, it's the fact that the one giant 800,000 member uh, Facebook group got shut down, showing that centralization is not working. People were confused because we had multiple different uh, uh, Facebook groups going up now. Everybody, Nobody knows which one's legit. Well, thing is, there's not one legit thing. There's a bunch of different people doing a bunch of different things and in great anarchic style, like we are all doing our own thing. Uh, consequences be damned. <laughs> we're going to come hell or high water, make this thing happen. So it's really exciting.
0: So, let let me uh let's back up a little bit. I wanna. Are you guys related to like? Do you have a relationship, an official relationship with the Canadian Convoy, or no? So yes. at this current. Okay, so yeah, yes, uh, yes that, we that are is,
2: related with them. Yes. Go ahead.
3: Cur- yeah, sorry. At this current time, uh, we, uh, Militia, Denby, Denby Militia Morgan is her full name. Some people call her Militia, some people call her Denby. So if I use them, they're the same person. Okay. Anyway, she actually reached out to the original Canadian truckers. Um, I, I forgot what the gentleman's name was. We just had him on the show the other day and I'm brain farting. Penny, do you remember his name? We just spoke with him on the show.
2: Um, Can I remind- cheat? Can I yeah, cheat? Absolutely. <laughs> Can get the info? In there.
3: There's so many new names. I'm trying to get a, a hang on, do, do, so
0: anyway. You mean Benjamin Dictor?
3: Not that gentleman. There was, no. There
0: was, okay. Uh,
3: she'll get the name for you in a moment. Anyway, so he, he started the TikTok, the start of the Canadian Convoy off. Um, and okay. him and him and a group of his guys, we, we just had him on the show the other day and they're the ones we're in contact with. And Jansen. they were
2: surprised. Jansen, Tamara. And who's the other one? remember that Jansen, Tamara? I can't remember the, the other one. They got the leader, the fearless leader. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize.
3: I have Go it in my check. I have it in my notebook. Apologies. It's inside the house. So, but, um,
0: okay. But you are related to them. You've been talking to them. Yes. are you crossing the border with supplies or how what how are you getting stuff to them what are you doing so currently no. we have oh i'm sorry go go ahead uh,
2: we we cannot cross the border because we don't have vaccine passports so we cannot cross the that's border what I thought. We, yeah. okay. we have to meet them they're going to have they're the ones that i don't know we're going to have to meet on the bridge i don't know um smoke signals perhaps we're going to have okay. to suss it out when we get there we this is something that's going to have to be troubleshooting because um we need two passports one chris. to travel internationally across the street and then <laughs> the other one with yep. the vaccine passport so we'll, i mean if we have to start you know catapulting things over we will
3: so the gentleman's name was chris barber was his name
0: chris barber okay uh, chris barber, yes so you guys are commu- you're coordinating with them and you've got this big effort and it starts what what are the exact dates it's this weekend at some point is it left kind of open or is there a particular time
2: Saturday morning, we should be leaving Mount Juliet, Tennessee at the Walmart at the Providence Mall at 8 a.m. The drive we're gonna have five stops in that drive. We estimate that um, It'll take us about 11 and a half hours to get up there. Maybe no no actually 11 and a half to 12 hours Depending upon traffic delays and so forth. We'd like to stay 30 minutes at each drop-off point where we'll meet other patriots that'll join the convoy, or if people want to donate items for the Canadian truckers, we'll be more than happy to take it up for them.
0: And how are you? We'll notify you. Okay. And how many people are you expecting here? What do you, how big do you expect this to be? I
3: don't
0: know. We we don't have any expectation. (laughs) Um, With the
3: the rate that people are following our page, and the rate that donations do come in when they do come in um i'm thinking we're gonna have, i don't i can't give you a number but i'm expecting i've learned not to expect <laughs> anything but it's probably going to be bigger than even we're expecting at this time
0: okay right. and is Plus, it truckers if, or if, anyone yeah. can be in this convoy a, it's like any anyone anyone anyone. Anyone.
2: Mm-hmm. anyone but you know what we're like also, we're like, take sorry, we're like the cheerleaders. <laughs> right but also we are being severely shadow banned on our page on facebook so for an sure. example it's showing almost 20,000 people. I can guarantee you each day we're we're permitting 10 to 15,000 people per day that are requesting to be in the group, but yet Facebook is only showing increments of 100. We do not know how many people are blocked from seeing the messages. We have no idea, there's no way we can know because we don't know their algorithms and we can't see what they see, but we're gonna fight okay. through it and we're gonna succeed. I, I truly believe, I, I, have, I believe in God. So me believing in God makes me feel that we will prevail.
3: Well, the good news now, is is we won't hold that against you today. So I'm just
2: kidding.
0: <laughs> hey, Zuckerberg believes People. in God. He just thinks that, that he is God. That's true. Um, so I, you guys have also been, you said GoFundMe took your stuff down as well. How much money did you lose there? Do you know?
2: Was it at close it to 6000 6,
3: yeah, yeah, it's about $6,000. $6, okay. And they and, just and shut it down they, for the same reason or? Yeah, we'd only had it up a couple of days. It just um, just gone. Couldn't yeah. access it anymore.
2: Yeah, we we violated whatever policy they had. The policy Thinking. of
3: yeah yeah probably you know, something's yeah yeah yeah
2: we must have been burning some wood or something during that thought process. You
4: know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So how can so how can people help? Let's let's re, let's remind how people can help. They can go to the website, I assume, and there's links and stuff there, and they can show up. Um, is there anything else people can do to, to help out?
2: Yes, absolutely. So we also have a Zello channel, and we'll get that to you before you put this up. They could follow yep. on Zello. They could communicate. They could listen to what the people that are heading up to the Michigan side are doing. We're using Zello, the walkie-talkie service there, because we can't be in two places at one time. In addition to that, they can support us. They can support us fiscally. They could give us rah, rah, rah. They could pray for us but we need them to be involved Um, they could start writing letters people could start taking things into their own hands and start writing letters to public officials Uh, I also think that people could start running for offices locally and start changing things from the inside out and that's that's a discussion for another day but presently what they can do for us now is to financially help us or care packages for the truck drivers, or have your children write cards, letters for the truck drivers of appreciation. This mm-hmm. goes a long way. We appreciate them, you appreciate them, and I'm sure the children will once they get their freedoms back.
3: And and even something as simple as sharing out the website and sharing out the com- communications that we keep putting out to help boost that signal, just a little bit, just a little bit, anything helps.
0: Sure, and what happens, so let's assume, I mean, the cynic in me uh, thinks this isn't as, as likely as I wish it would be, but what happens if, when the Canadian government says, okay, uh, we relent, uh, the convoy gets what it wants. Um, oh, they're is, coming there's here. now plans to do. Yeah. So are they, they're coming here and you're They're going to do another one. What's that going to look like? Right. Have you talked about that at all? Or, or what is yes. that? Oh.
2: So. A lot of people want to go to Washington, D.C. I think that's a mistake. First of all, there's nobody there and it's empty. But besides that, I think that's a mistake. I think that's what the government wants from us and they want to entrap us into another January 6th situation. My idea, which people seem to like and probably going to work better, is to close all egress to Washington, D.C. from the Virginia side, the Maryland side, and this way we deal with states rather than federal and we don't have to deal with the DOJ, the corrupt DOJ that is implanted in Washington, D.C., or wherever it is they're implanted from uh, D.C. seems to be empty these days, but that's the plan. The Canadians are going to join us and we're going to have camaraderie together and start to get the freedoms back for the United States. Did you ever think that the Canadians would be saving the Americans?
3: Right, and just to add a little bit more to what Penny's <laughs> saying is we have, just, just to give you a, a a sampling of the chaos and how everything's still kind of up in the air. We're still trying to figure things out. We're basically building this plane as we're trying to fly it. It's it's it's, it's some things are always changing. It's always constant in, in flux, um, but there's a lot of us like i disagree with penny in so far as going to dc i think uh, uh, the way they portray january 6th is exactly what they wanted they wanted us to not show back up again that's exactly what they were trying to do and they succeed if we don't show back up again so i feel like the biggest thing we can do is show up however the way I'm seeing it is I think there's a lot of people that would love to go to DC, but can't, but maybe they can go to their state capital. So I think, I think both things can happen. I don't, I don't think it's a either or thing. Um, I would love to start putting out the message that, you know, go to the capitol if you can. Um, otherwise, go to your state capital. If you can't do that, go to your co- local courthouse just down the road. That, I mean, just however you can. But the, the, the idea is, as we continue down this road, we'll fine tune. We'll figure out what the idea is, the, what the actual plan is going to be for our particular organization. But if ours isn't doing what you like, there are plenty of other ones out there. Like I said, it's very decentralized that will be doing exactly what you're wanting to do in the manner that you're wanting to do it. So just be on the lookout for that.
0: I mean, one of the things that's made the Canadian uh, convoy powerful, though, is that they're all not that I'm not also an anarchist, but they they all have a very focused, they're all doing the same thing. They're not like, I'll drive to Saskatchewan and you drive to Ottawa and I'll drive to Montreal, right? They're all going to the same spot. So you have concentrated uh, you have a concentration of people. And that's what gets attention. Do you think you would have that if it was like, well, the best I can do is drive to Baton Rouge, like, (laughs) good luck, right?
3: absolutely yeah i totally i totally get it that's a fair point for sure um it's just a matter of figuring out what that's going to look like how many people we even have interested in doing something like this and from what i from what i'm sensing just based on the sheer numbers of people that are thrilled that this is going on um i i I sense it's going to be much much bigger than even what's going on in canada right now
0: like there's do you think there's a lot of truckers in the u.s who are upset and want to do something
2: yes Uh, i'm being contacted Um, Right now by many truckers on my telegram page, I gave you my information there because I have my own show and I was um, doing an interview earlier today with one of the um, persons that were let go from Fox News and we were having that discussion and the truckers were listening in. They had no idea we were doing this. That, that, you know they didn't okay. know that this particular group, our group we were working in conjunction in conjunction with the Canadians, and this was the plant they had no idea because of shadow banning
0: mm-hmm. right
2: so right. yes, there are a lot of truckers that want to do it and and they they're going to do it the the you know the the giant has awakened
0: He's I hope so asleep. and you know it's amazing to me sitting back as someone who's been you know uh watching my country slide into uh i won't even say chaos because that's a that's a nice thing to say it's been sliding into totalitarianism Mm -hmm. since i was born and uh you know it's amazing to see that for all my life i thought it was the marxists who were going to get the they they kept saying they were they were all about the working man and they were going to rise up and it was the 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 working man was going to seize the means of production and do their thing and it turns out which we all kind of knew uh the working man despises the marxists and absolutely <laughs> they may actually be the people to save america so that that i know my mind
2: I, <laughs> and isn't that amazing though i mean if you go back 40 years just 40 years in time and you start to listen to like the Sex Pistols records or or the clash mm-hmm. which i still listen to i love since i was a kid yeah no i because mean that's my favorite all-time band
0: sure but of they course they
2: spelled it out for us They spelt it out for us. I mean, you could listen to the music from the late 70s and early 80s from punk rock and you could understand the angst. It wasn't angst. They had that message Mm -hmm. and they warned us. And and here we are. The Dead Kennedys had some songs
0: about it too as well. It was just like, if you go back and listen to some of the lyrics, it's like, wow, you really, Yeah. told Exactly,
2: and Black Flag. And we can go on and on and on with all the punk and, and thrash bands. That, I mean, that's exactly what happened. And, and I get messages from people from, you know, I used to be in the punk movement in New York City. I get message from the, how could you sell out? Obama loved the clash. And I said, the clash would hate Obama because he's everything <laughs> yeah. they didn't want, you know? So, you know, they no. they sang about the working man. They sang about, you know, equity for people, but not equity in distribution. You know, that was the difference. Right. They, they, they don't understand that. equality
0: under the law yeah
2: (laughs) what
3: a novel concept (laughs) yeah
2: i know This wow but it's there and kids can listen to that and learn from that you know they like punk right i assume i don't know what
0: they like nowadays but that's just my old manness speaking i don't know one of the
3: funniest stories (laughs) maybe one of the funniest (laughs) stories i've i've heard from this so far is all these truckers are out there in the streets and they're being asked to move they won't move the law enforcement or what have you they call the the wreckers they call tow trucks trying to get them in and these guys are like oh sorry we can't our guys are all out with covid so you know we would yeah. but you know it's this it's this civil disobedience that's going on it's this it's the most peaceful like there's no violence there's no there's nothing nothing that I can no, no bullshit detected. It's so cool. Just seeing people all come together and figure out that you can trigger a whole bunch of people just with a couple honks of your horn.
0: Yeah. You know, the thing that I think people forget is that there may be people in suits in capital cities, making laws and even bureaucrats that work for them, but they have no real power if no one beneath them in the hierarchy obeys. Right. Like Correct. they need tow truck people to move the trucks. They need cops to say to enforce it. I just watched a TikTok video of a cop in Ottawa that was fired but he's like, "Oh, I'm not doing this." Right? Like right. if if they don't obey these petty tyrants, mm-hmm. actually no one they have no one. They have no one to enforce this. They can, they have no real power. They're a handful of panty-wasted elites who are trying to be little Napoleons. And if you just say no to them, they have no there's no power.
3: Speaking of oh, panty waste politicians, speaking of panty waste politicians, has anybody heard from Trudeau at all other than him calling <laughs> this, this convoy a bunch of Nazis? Like,
2: really? Actually, he, gave a, he did give a speech. He gave mm-hmm. a speech in did Parliament. He? I was, yeah, it was, you know, that, you know, all oh, these I did racists see that. Yeah. are out there. Yeah all, yeah, all these racists are out there. They're treacherous and the things that they're doing are just unheard of. They're blockading
0: our like, democracy yeah. or whatever, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. The stuff that Antifa and BLM do, which they hired up there, but it didn't work out because the truck divers beat the crap out of them. (laughs) (laughs) The real men are there, you know, and uh, it didn't work for them. And then, you know, there's this interview out there. It's the most hysterical interview where the reporter from Rebel News approaches every minority and says, are you a white supremacist? (laughs) to the truck drivers
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's the best video i've seen ever and it's carter, like the guy with the turban on his head you know wow <laughs> just it was hysterical <laughs> the white hey, supremacists hey,
3: carter did, did you happen to see the video i did where i'm looking out the window and sipping my tea mm-hmm. and I'm i'm all worried about these racist horns outside the door have you seen that yet <laughs>
0: Oh, no, I did not. <laughs> I, I'll I send that it to
3: you. It's 17 seconds. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be cool. You could probably just plug it in right here. <laughs> yeah, I'll, we'll seconds. play it right here. I wish these truckers would just go home. You can just hear it in the tone of their horns, how violent and racist they are. Don't you it's... <laughs> And you'd be surprised, honestly, how many people on the on the right side, I guess, Think, think I'm serious. They think I'm some kind of paid actor that's that's doing this. And I'm like, no, it's jokes, people. It's jokes. Yeah.
0: Well, that's 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 we've seen this more and more, right? Where it's been like you can't tell the difference between satire and reality because the left has gone so crazy that uh, you know Babylon B had it had to start not the B because there was so many real stories that looked like they were Babylon B stories. There was, there was a business opportunity, so uh yeah i mean maybe that's what the end of the empire looks like but uh i i'm at least going to enjoy the circus and uh hopefully i don't really care if you we save the, america the in, in the one, way right? it is but i want to save the ideas so yeah, did, did you hmm. hear
2: the latest one about the um 30 million dollars being contributed for crack pipes so they can distribute it to people of color minorities I saw that. who are discriminated yeah. against crack pipes
0: yeah it's it's funny because uh i thought one of the valid criticisms against uh the politicians of the 80s was that they pushed crack into the ghettos and it disproportionately impacted uh minority populations right but now uh heaven forbid <laughs> minorities don't have access to crack well, pipes
3: you know when the new playbook isn't quite working out because people are waking up they got to go back to the old playbook because they don't have anything yeah. else They're, so they
2: got to right. go
0: back to the but you old know hey everyone how about you get high
2: <laughs> yeah. i i read i read the article on my show tonight and and here's the hysterical part we want people of color to to smoke methamphetamine or crack equally <laughs> even the lgbt community deserves crack bites
4: you cannot make
2: this up and the health czar is the shim from pennsylvania the shim the thing with the razor stubble whatever you call that shim i i mean really is is this really happening i just and I never cared. I never cared if you dressed like a man or if you dress like, I never cared. You're making me care. Why are you dividing us by making me care? Because you're making our three year olds listen to story hour with these people. Like, what? Yeah. Really? Or,
0: or you're giving our kids hormones and surgery behind our backs when they go to their teachers at school.
2: I mean, yeah. Or just... you go to jail if you call your son a son when your son is a newly daughter. Mm -hmm. right
0: or you lose custody or whatever yeah absolutely yeah so we could go on and on about all this absolutely like
2: what is in one year in one year you destroy the economy you destroyed the American exceptionality, you you exceptionalism. You see, we didn't we didn't
3: got Penny all riled up now. I and, know it's and good. Now She's getting all super political, <laughs> and, and yeah, I do want to no, maybe okay. want to reiterate that this particular thing we're doing is not meant in any way, shape, or form to be a partisan effort. This is anybody who's tired of having your freedom stomped on. We would love to have anybody and everybody come and and join with us. Represents, celebrates, um, and and just support each other in. Pushing back the tyrants, honestly.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess the only Thank political you. requirement is you have to not like tyranny. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much.
1: Yeah. And I, I think yeah.
2: there's a lot of us. It doesn't matter what spectrum you come from. There's right. a lot of us. And a lot of us want to protect the children. And a lot of us want to protect the future. And a lot of us want to keep America, America. You know, this is yeah. not make America great again. This is keep America, America. And I think that's a totally different message. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you both for taking the time. Remind people one last time where they can find each of you.
3: Yep. You can check it out at convoytosaveamerica.com. And that's spelled out T-O, convoy T O com, And you'll find all the details there with all of our social media links, all of our donation links, merch links, and, and uh, as well as any plans that we have coming up. You can find
0: them there
2: and And i gave you my links for my show and so forth i'm I'm on josh who tv i'm on facebook live i am on twitch live every day and i upload to every other site except for youtube because i'm permanently terminated from youtube for speaking about bill gates the holy one
0: Hmm. well uh penny it was a pleasure to meet you daniel it's always just traumatic to talk to you i understand i I feeling is feeling is
3: absolutely (laughs) mutual (laughs)
0: But thank you both. I really appreciate
3: (laughs) it. I don't even know why we put ourselves through this, honestly.
4: (laughs) All right.
0: On a personal note, I just met Penny, but she brings me back to my childhood. Her Long Island accent is, uh, I find very pleasing. All right. (sighs) One last thing. I know it's a long show, but... You know what? So what? It's a long show. One last thing I want to cover. Uh, President Biden is is uh, is upset about something. He's got his his depends in a twist, I guess. He's He tweeted about this. I'll pull up the tweet. Tweeted about this this bill in in Florida. This proposed bill. He says, I want every member of the LGBTQI plus community. Look at him with his alphabet soup. Nice. Uh, Especially the kids who will be impacted by this hateful bill to know that you are loved and accepted just as you are. I have your back. My administration will continue to fight for the protections and safety you deserve. And he was, uh, quote, tweeting his own thing or the White House's tweet which said today conservative politicians in Florida advanced legislation designed to attack LGBTQI plus kids instead of making growing up harder for young people. POTUS is focused on keeping schools open and supporting students' mental health. And then they linked to an NBC article, um, which I guess we could pull up, which says Florida governor Ron DeSantis signals support for Don't say gay bill. That's what the detractors have named it. The don't say gay bill. So I thought, you know what? No one cares about NBC. Boom. Let's go look at the bill itself. You're not supposed to do that. Uh, But I did. So here's the part they're most concerned about. This bill, by the way, this bill is predominantly, this bill is predominantly about Parental rights and, and parental and parents uh, being informed about stuff. So um, you know point one in accordance with rights of parents enumerated and blah blah blah. They have to adopt procedures for notifying students' parents if there's a change in student services or monitoring related to their mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. Blah blah blah. Okay, so the one this is mostly that kind of stuff. But the one that's got Biden crapping in his depends is number three. <clears throat> A school district may not encourage classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. That's it. That's the only part of this related to Alphabet Soup community. That right there. Which if you'll notice just says the school can't encourage discussion. Doesn't say they can't say gay, can't encourage discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in a primary grade level, or in a way that's not age appropriate. Okay. That's that's what they're upset about. That's what they're upset about. I, I saw an article about this, and the article said there was a, there was a part in the article where uh, the the writer of the article was bewildered, uh, saying, "Well, what what problem is are they trying to solve here? What problem? What problem are they trying to solve here in Florida? Come on, I'll show you." This fucking problem right here. The gender person. That's the problem they're trying to solve. That one. Kids who are young enough to need... Where is it? This way? It's this way. Kids who are young enough to need this tool for discussions about sexual orientation... Are not old enough to need discussions about their sexual orientation, their sexual orientation. I mean, I realize that Joe Biden is a is a doddering superannuated puppet. But uh, you know, a real leader who cares about children's mental well-being, which is what he purports to care about in his tweet, um, would be outraged. You'll be outraged over the fucking gender person. He wouldn't be running around sacrificing children on the alphabet altar just to get some accolades from pedophiles. But that's what he's doing. I could not not do that story. I know it's been a long one, but here, we can all, let's all cheer up one more time.
1: Your hamburger comes with a dose of misogyny
0: Yes, it does. So anyway, that's uh that's the last story that one that was a quick one. Uh, I think we can end. Uh, I'll look through chat here. I don't think there's anything in chat that uh, I need to address. Let me look oh, I don't think I see anything. Um, <laughs> Zero fuck says. That looks like some Smithsonian level poster, doesn't it? That is from that poster here. Let's go back to it. Where is it? You can see the URL. It's uh, it's it's pronounced metrosexual.com. That's the, that's a URL. And they've got a whole bunch of stuff here. They got a whole bunch of resources. This is just one of the resources. It's a lot of if you you'll be appalled by it. It's a lot of social justice uh indoctrination. Um, collateral on the website. That's what it's dedicated to. (sighs) All right, everyone. Well, thank you for watching today. I assume that you're already subscribed. If you're not, please go double check. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, Help us grow the Unsafe Space community. It's your community. Help us grow it by sharing this video. Share other videos. Um, shout out to those who already support us financially. If you want to join them, you can go to unsafespace.com and then you can get into our Discord server and uh yell at me or yell at each other or share the love, share memes. I always love uh topic suggestions, feedback, etc. Beverly's been been bugging me to do a discussion about uh parenting and another discussion about um where morality comes from, if you're not religious, uh, or where ethics come from, maybe we'll do one of those. I don't know if you guys have a preference, or or have something else you want to talk about in the future. Let me know. Um, but happy to spend Wednesday evening with all of you. Thank you for the activities in chat. Um, and uh, we will see you all. I don't know. Beverly can jump in if she wants. If there's, is there another show coming out? this week before covfefe break on Friday, Beverly?
2: Um, I'm going to maybe try to get 451 after covfefe break Friday night, but I'm not positive yet.
0: Okay. So at least so maybe that one. Okay. Yes. So we'll see people on Friday though for covfefe break is the next one. It sounds like, um, with that said, have a great evening, everyone. Um, yeah, go. Go honk at some politicians, I don't know. Thanks for spending your time with us today. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. So go check it out. And please consider supporting the Unsafe Space team by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. See you there!
4: Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. Please download this updated list of contagious individuals. Use the hashtag GetBoosted to receive two complimentary Liberty pellets. Mass formation psychosis is just a right-wing talking point. Please purge it from memory and resume your programming. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't think about it, I mean, that's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific.